Have you ever seen anybody play the game called soccer? Welcome, everyone, to the Yankee Wankers football podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. Boys, it is a special day. Obviously, I'm talking about, when I say boys, my co-host here, Barrett Hartman, Clayton McKinney, live here at Chalk on a final of Euro 2020 England-Italy. Boys, I'm excited. I know you are as well. Uh, Barrett, how are you doing this afternoon, bud? Man, I'm, I'm amped up, ready to go, see if this uh, see if football manages to come home. Yeah, I like that question. I like that question. We're going to find out here in probably about two hours, but... Uh, Clayton, how about you, man? How you feeling, right? So I think I think you're with me, probably cheering for the English uh, a little more than the Italians, right? But how do you feel today? You nervous? No, not at all. I think football will finally come home today. Finally come home since 1966, boys. So a great year, uh, the year that Eric Cantona was born, but also the last time the English were in a final. We're obviously talking about the World Cup in 1966, and, and they're one for one. So that's one thing about it. The English get to a final, boys, they win. Now, they only get there once every 50 years, but once they're there, uh, they tend to find a way to win. So uh, live here at Chalk, right? So we've got a good crowd building for the Euro final kickoff here. A little less than an hour. Uh, we're going to do a, a big preview here. Obviously, we'll talk about the lineups that just got released here in a moment as well. But uh, come on out to Chalk. Come see us. Uh, and also, boys, we're going to be giving away a big green egg today, right? So we've been talking about it for the last month, our big green Euro contest giveaway. Uh, well up over 150 entries in this thing now but uh, at halftime we're finally going to draw a name out of the hopper i'm looking forward to that right absolutely hopefully uh you know whoever managed to win that thing will uh maybe share some of the uh you know products that come off of it yeah absolutely so you know you can you can grill on it you can smoke on it it's kind of kind of a one-stop shop and again really big prize uh, in courtesy of our friends at chihuahua beer chihuahua cerveza i know I've got one right now. It looks like Clayton's got oh, one yeah. right now. I see it fizzing up. He got a little salt in his, mm. uh, and I see that Barrett has one as well. So, Barrett, you a salt and lime guy or just lime? Uh, always lime, sometimes salt. Okay, fair enough. Clayton? Always salt and lime, salt and lime. Salt and lime, right? So, yeah, that's that, there's no wrong answer whenever you're drinking a beautiful Chihuahua cerveza. So, uh, well, well, boys, let, let's get into it, right? Let's talk about the match itself. Obviously, uh, it's a month into the making here. Uh, we're get, we're down to the final. We're here at Wembley. England versus Italy. Um, we talk about the relative stage as to how each team got here, right? So obviously each team, winner of their group, right? So the Italians winning Group A, uh, the English coming through Group D, and uh, you know much has been made about the two paths in the knockout rounds, I guess, that England got a very favorable draw, whereas the Italians have gone through some of the European powers, right, to get to the final. But, uh, you know, Barrett, your thoughts on the two teams that we have here in the final – do we have the two best teams, or is it kind of the two teams that maybe have had a combination of an easy path and some luck along the way? Um, I'll take option B there. I don't think these are the two best teams. Um, but that being said, I mean, they're the, the, they're the two heavyweights still standing at the end of the day. Um, you look at the way England got there, and you got to say the, the draw was favorable from a matchup standpoint as well as a you know, travel standpoint. You look at Italy, though, and you know I wasn't high on them coming into the tournament. Uh, they had a tougher road, but uh, you know they've answered every call. Uh, they're still standing. They've they've managed to get through, you know, some uh, some powerhouses to get here. So kudos to them, and um, we'll see if that you know battle tested, uh, you know, path maybe uh, gives them an edge here. Clayton, your thoughts on that? So yeah. are we, we down to the two best teams? 
Um, I mean, according to the tournament, yes, we are. But um, like you said, Bear, I mean, I mean, England had the easier path getting here. Little to no travel at all. Um, but I mean, it's still an exciting final to be ready for. I mean, England are, you know, in their prime right now, and Italy are kind of up and coming as they've kind of defeated the powers. Yeah, you would like to see a Belgium, maybe England final, but I mean, other than that, it, it's it's what we have, and and it's going to be a great final to watch. I mean, maybe not the first half, but uh, the second half will definitely be lively towards the end. I yeah, will say that. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into our picks and our expectations for both halves. Uh, Barrett and I gave a little preview on the pod Thursday afternoon, kind of recapping the semis, but we'll get into that as well. But uh, let's let's talk lineup, boys. And so that was always going to be the question, right? So what, what was going to be the lineup coming in? Uh, Italy, for the most part, looks to still be in that same 4-4-3, the same guys that we would expect. England, Gareth Southgate, throwing a curveball. So he's going three at the back. Uh, obviously, McGuire, Stones, and Walker back there in the back three. You've got Shaw and Trippier as your wingbacks. Uh, Kane up top, so no shock there. Sterling and Mount in behind him. And then Rice and Phillips holding here. But, uh, Barrett, I'll start with you. Thoughts on Gareth Southgate making a change, right? So maybe a significant one here. Yeah, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Um, you know, the, the way ESPN has it uh, set up here is it's a you know a three four two one. Um, but you look at a guy like Karen Trippier, and is he really playing? Uh, you know, kind of as that wing back, or is he playing in a more of a midfield winger role? And uh, you know, Kyle Walker slips over to right back, so it'll be interesting to see once they actually hit the field how they line up. Uh, certainly, a personnel change, though. I'm shocked not to see uh, Bukayo Saka or uh, Phil Foden out there on the right. So we'll, we'll see. And uh, you know, those are guys they've been in form. You got to think they come on maybe you know midway through the second half for that you know that burst of energy along with Jack Grealish to uh, try to get this thing over the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Clayton, I'll throw it to you. You know, Gareth Southgate, he, he's gotten some criticism throughout the tournament of perhaps being a little more defensive uh, than maybe what a football purist would like to see. But from tournament standpoint, I mean, it, it's all about winning and moving on to the next match, right? But um, seems to be reverting back to form here, right? So a more defensive formation to start the match off. Yeah, um, I mean, two guys you want to look for in the midfield for England to kind of stop that play, any kind of counterattacking football, or just to ugly it up in the midfield. And that's Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips. I mean, that's what they're brought in the camp to do. I mean, they're very strong defensive midfielders. So it's going to allow Luke Shaw and Kieran Trippier to kind of move up as well if they do gain possession and are able to attack. And I think that's going to be the key to the game is going to be how Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips kind of feed off of each other as far as who's going to go step up a little bit further into the attack and who's going to sit back a little bit more defensively to kind of help with that counter that you know what Italy does have I mean Italy's got uh, runners all over the midfield yeah. that can so definitely Spain, spring right? so, yeah, yeah. can spring from midfield and get into the attack very quick so it's going to be it's going to come down to those two players I think in the midfield for England to kind of shut anything down that Italy has going forward so yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah absolutely and you know speaking of midfields let's take a look at the Italian lineup here in 
the midfield trio of Jorginho, Verratti, and Barella, you know, probably the strength of this Italian side, right? So you, you think about the two center halves, right? Chiellini, Benucci, Donnarumma, and Gold, obviously a, a world-class keeper as well. But, again, uh, the, the same lineup that we've seen from Mancini out, outside of injuries, right? So, obviously, right. Spina uh, no longer at the, uh, the left-back position. Emerson sliding in for him after that ruptured Achilles uh, in the quarterfinals. But a strong Italian side, but the same Italian side, right? So probably no, no shocker here, right, Barrett? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the 11 we expected to see. It's the formation we expected to see. And, look, they've made it through the murderer's row of this tournament with, you know, that formation. And for the most part, that lineup, obviously, uh, other than the injuries. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, we'll see. We got we got two contrasting styles here. Uh, you know, one, one staying with the hand that got him here and one changing things up, looking for an advantage. So uh, definitely uh, – the, the managerial decisions are already becoming a factor before the match is even kicked off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roberto Mancini, obviously he's got his bona fides. Again, uh, Gareth Southgate has come under heat in the past, but let's let's focus in on that Italian squad. Clayton, you know, your thoughts on seeing the 4-3-3, again, pretty much the same team, same starting lineup that Mancini's thrown out there all tournament long, but uh, anything jump out to you or what do you expect uh, from that Italian lineup. Again, you mentioned the, the counterattack, right? Chiesa and Insigne on the left. They've got some speed out on the wings. Immobile, uh, obviously the, uh, the number nine up top. But uh, any, any thoughts on the Italian starting 11? I mean, it, it's going to be the same. They're going to send five guys up and kind of sit back. Or, I mean, Jorginho is going to sit back and kind of, you know, break anything down that does come out of uh, England's half there. But, no, I mean, it's going to be more of the same. Um, you know, if Italy doesn't get their way, they're going to sit back and ugly up the game as well. And and it's going to be tough for England to kind of break down some of these teams. I mean, they, it took them a long time to do it against Denmark, but, I mean, it took a penalty to kind of bail them out to win that game or at least tie it up, I believe. Was that the tie or that penalty? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was 1-1 one, yeah, one, one yeah, in yeah, extra time, yeah. and then the penalty, yeah. yeah. yeah was, uh, well, it, yeah. I mean, they can they can make Italy uh, or they can make England very frustrated at times too. So they they're very good defensively. I mean, you know that from the Serie A. There's their tactics defensively are probably some of the best in the world um, outside of England too. So it really depends. Um, I mean, that four four three has been working for them so far, and there's I mean, I don't see why they would change it going to the final. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as uh, you guys said. Uh, take it. Take a quick look at the odds here, boys. So England, a slight favorite in this one, uh, despite the fact that I think a lot of people have said, you know, Italy's been the best best side uh, from start to finish in the tournament, right? We think about that opening night where they absolutely thumped Turkey 3-0, and they've carried that momentum all the way through. But uh, England plus 165, uh, Italy a plus 200, and then a draw over the 90 minutes, roughly the same, plus 195 here. Over, under, two and a half goals. Got to got to lay a bunch of money if you're taking the under here. So it seems like most people think it's going to be a low-scoring, cagey affair. I would tend to agree with that. But um, Barrett, I'll start with you. You know, again, we talked a little bit about this on the pod on Thursday. Your expectations uh, for the first half? Both teams going to come out throwing punches, or is it going to be a somewhat uh, stodgy affair? I think the first round is going to be probably not what you're paying your money to see. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of, uh, you know, fighters just kind of circling each other, maybe uh, diving in and hugging up, you know, uh, tying things up and, uh, you know, waiting for that second half to really come out and play. That being said, I I, I see a lot of action in that second half. I see goals. 
and uh, I'm I'm taking the over uh, with all the scoring being in the second half. Oh, I hope you're right. I hope I hope it's over two and a half. But uh, Clayton, your thoughts on that? Uh, your expectations for the first half? How do these teams come out again? Maybe England have shown their hand with this new formation. Yeah, I mean it depends. I I think Italy will have probably the majority of the possession, just like you said, how England is coming out and setting up. I mean it really won't. We won't know until they actually set up when they get on the field to see where they're actually going to be lining up at. But, no, I think it'll be kind of a feeling out match of probably 15 to the first 15, 20 minutes, and then we might see some opening up. But, again, I don't think there's going to be any goals in the first half. But, like you said, I think everything will come in the second half. So, um, yeah, I think we'll probably see one or two goals probably in the 60th, 70th minute there, somewhere in that mark. And then um, I think it'll be 1-1 going into – extra time i like it I, like it. I hope you guys are right i love bonus football uh, obviously we've gotten extra time in both the semifinals right so uh, and got it quite a bit throughout the knockout as well so if we get some extra time and some bonus football it uh, won't won't hurt my feelings at all so uh but you know we, we, we made mention of it a little bit there kind of in passing that you know the styles that these two teams play you know you always hear from a fight game standpoint or from a boxing standpoint um, you know that styles make fights right and so when we think about the contrasting styles in the semifinals right England and uh, well let me start with Italy and Spain right so that was on Tuesday um, you know really it was an Italian side that much has been made about Roberto Mancini over his what 40 games in charge right they, they're unbeaten in 33 straight matches right so but I think he's been in charge for roughly 40 of those matches that he's tried to revitalize what what this Italian side is. Right, we think about the Italians being very organized, very rigid, right, very very hard to break down from a defensive standpoint, um, and they're just as comfortable winning it on PKs after nil nil uh, as they would be going out and winning three four five nil. That changed obviously throughout the group stages, and then we saw them come up against Spain, a side that's incredibly comfortable playing that free flowing type of football, but. You know, Mancini stuck to his guns, and they made it through, but Spain arguably was the better side during that semifinal match. Uh, contrast that with England now. Again, much more defensive, right, so much more conservative in play. You know, is it going to put a damper on what would otherwise be maybe some fireworks that we would hope to see in a final? Um, you know, I, I think that certainly it's not going to be as exciting as if they were playing – uh, you know, Spain again or, or France or Belgium or, or someone like that. Um, but I think we're still going to get some action uh, once the second half gets underway. You know, it's we always talk about cup finals, whether it's a club cup or a, you know, international cup as being kind of boring, cagey affairs, and nobody wants to – everyone's more comfortable just not losing than they are winning. And uh, I think we start out that way, but – at the end of the day, I think Mancini is going to get his guys forward and get them going for it. And again, when that happens, that's going to allow England to do what they want to do on the counter through some of those, you know, guys like uh, you know Sterling and Kane, who have kind of been the uh, the stars for England at least on the uh, offensive front. So uh, I think. I think we get some of that energy in the second half, but not the first. Yeah, and, and maybe the fullbacks in this, or the wingbacks, we should say, in this 3-4-2-1, that Gareth Southgate is going to throw out there might might play into it now, right, Clayton? So if Italy is going to control most of the possession, which I think we, we probably all agree on that, they are going to start getting forward. Maybe that leaves room for Luke Shaw and Kieran Trippier to get in behind, you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Luke Shaw's been doing it all tournament long. I mean, he's, probably, he's one of the, yeah. one of the, probably one of the best left backs and in the Nelson tournament. And Nelson in the house. Yeah, Nelson. 
No, but Luke Shaw is one of those guys that's been getting into the attack and actually serving up some good balls here and there. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely room for him to kind of spring that counterattack and him be an actual outlet and let Sterling or Harry Kane go forward or mount and have him playing a ball to him. So really depends um, how they're going to do this. The only the only thing I can see in the first half if you know to really open this thing up if if Italy score first I think it'll start opening up the game a little bit further into the first half um, and obviously into the second because obviously England are going to have to chase the game after that so it'll be more wide open if Italy scores in the first half but um, again I, I'm, I'm with you fellas I don't think anything gets done in the first half uh, as far as any kind of scoring so yeah um, we'll see how you know both left backs or both right back and left back respond for um, England going forward and what they're going to it's going to be interesting to see you know where Mason Mount also lines up to is he going to drift outside more right you know right under Trippier or is Sterling going to come out to the left a little bit more to kind of receive those balls it depends on you know how much space they can have down those left and right flanks no I agree I agree well you know We'll get into some storylines here kind of leading up to the day. And one of them is, I guess, breaking news here is like people are trying to breach into the stadium. People are trying to break into Wembley uh, an hour or two before kickoff. We'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, let's let's give a little bit of love and pay some homage to a final that took place last night, boys, uh, down in South America at the Americana, uh, the famous Brazilian uh, soccer stadium down in uh, uh, Rio. But uh, uh, it was Argentina that actually uh, lifted the, uh, the Copa uh, for the first time since 1993, I believe, but uh, obviously meant a lot to one player in particular. Of course, that's Leo Messi. First time he lifts a major trophy on international play with Argentina, right? So obviously Argentina made a World Cup final uh, a few years ago and lost to the Germans, but uh, first time, shockingly perhaps, that Messi won a Copa, but a 1-0, somewhat cagey affair, right? Got, got a little physical there uh, in the second half uh, for sure, but uh, your thoughts on Messi and Argentina winning their first Copa in quite some time, Barrett? Well, you know, the, the main thing that stood out from the opening whistle of this game is the physicality and energy that these sides both played with. Uh, they both, you know, the slide tackles were flying in, uh, little regard for anyone's <laughs> health or well-being. It was just fantastic to watch. Just the, the threshold for what is considered a foul or a, a booking uh, in South America is uh, much different than what you see in Europe. Uh, they let them play. They let them go at it. Uh, they let the players kind of regulate themselves. Look, if, if you come in hard on us, we're going to return the favor. Uh, hope you can deal with it. And it was just fascinating to watch. Honestly, we don't get to see enough South American football. Um, so it, it was very exciting. Now, for Leo, um, yeah, it is shocking. This is the first uh, major trophy other than I think a, I think there was like a U21 yeah, yeah. World yeah, Cup yeah, or something right, yep. um, early in his career. But, you know, no, I don't know. You can't say no fault uh, of his own. But, you know, certainly the majority of that fault, you got to look at the other ten guys on the pitch because it's tough to question his ability uh, his competence uh, on any stage. Yeah, Messi's pretty good. I think that's a fair fair statement there. But uh, uh, Clayton, I know you watched the match last night, so uh, obviously uh, the the lovely B, right? So the, the the lady in your life, uh, probably rooting for Brazil if oh, I yeah, had to guess, was. right? So she given was. her heritage, but uh, yeah, a disappointing outcome uh, perhaps for the uh, for the for the McCluskey household, right? <laughs> the McCluskey house. No, I mean, even even though I mean, 
Argentina scored first. They sat back and defended um, as they would have. I knew they would because, I mean, they're just trying to protect that from Messi. And, a lot of and Italian influence should. in Argentina, right? So, yeah, you expect that. They're, they're going to defend. A lot of – I mean, again, they were trying to do it for Messi, obviously. I mean, their, their level of play definitely rose as far as the defensive third. And then Brazil, when they got the ball, man, it was just attack. They just – they had a terrible time of breaking down Argentina. It was it was like full speed right into a wall. Full speed right into a wall. Lose the ball. Get it back. Full speed right into a ball. Um, there wasn't much in the way of kind of combination linking up different plays here and there. And it was kind of it was kind of subject to, you know, what we're used to seeing from Brazil, kind of that kind of that creative flair, kind of in that tight spaces. Um, but it was kind of interesting to see how they were just trying to attack, 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 and they just couldn't find anything going forward, really. I mean, yeah, they held the majority of the possession in the in the second half, but, again, it, it, it just wasn't going anywhere. And then Barrett, the difference between a yellow card and a red card in South America is if you stab someone, I think, oh, okay. is a red card. Yeah. Okay, uh, and even the refs are fair game down there, too. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was definitely um, – I mean, they could have definitely leveled up. They had a couple chances there with, I think, Gabby um, off of one of the cor- – I don't know if it was a free kick or a corner that Gabby had one on goal. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it, man, the, the Argentinian goalkeepers, he, he's legit, man. Um, I don't know if you saw the um, semifinals of that tournament with him and uh, was that Chile? I don't. I forgot. What it was team uh, co- was it Colombia? I think. No, it was Colombia. Uh, oh, the, the trash talking yeah. that they were going back and forth on, and him kind of backing dancing, that up. Dancing was, after the PK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was it was good to see. Um, but no, it was good for Lionel to get you know that first kind of international trophy and get the monkey off his back before maybe his eventual retirement here in a couple years. I, I think he'll play another World Cup, but uh, it'll probably be his last. Yeah, No, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, some similar sentiment with Chris Paul in the NBA Finals right now, right? So, hey, look, it might be his last rodeo, his last best chance. Uh, you want to see one of those great players, uh, especially towards the end of the career, if they've never gotten one of those, uh, to, to be able to get one. And so, yeah, it uh, worked out well for Messi last night. So, yeah, there you go. Grab one. So, we get, still got fans and uh, uh, patrons here at shirt. Shock. Uh, We're, wearing a Three Lion shirt. Yeah, I see. Like, yeah, like that shirt. So, yeah, Filling out our entries for the uh, Big Green Euro contest. Again, going to be drawing at halftime, giving away a Big Green Egg Grill, courtesy of our friends at Chihuahua Cerveza, ladies and gentlemen. Still plenty of time, right? So roughly, what, I don't know. 45 plus 30, right? So, yeah, yeah give or take, you know, 75 minutes uh, before we're going to be giving that thing away. Still plenty of time to show up here at Chalk and uh, fill out one of the slips and throw your name in the hat, if you will, for the Big Green Euro. So, uh, but um, yeah, so l- let's talk a little bit about some of the storylines coming into it, guys. So, obviously, you know, breaking news here, you know, 90 minutes, two hours before kickoff, fans trying to break in, reach. Uh, Wembley before kickoff. We, we obviously talked a lot about this a few months ago. Manchester United, right before the Liverpool match, Barrett, postponed that one. Uh, the fans broke in, did a little bit of damage, but more of a political statement, I guess, for lack of a better term here. But, you know, is this starting a trend in football now? I mean, this, this is kind of dangerous, right? I don't know. I just, you know, you kind of wonder what the goal is. Um, you know, when it happened at the uh, United-Liverpool match, look, you, you saw what the objective was, right? They're, they're pissed off over the uh, the Super League stuff and uh, wanted to uh, disrupt football and make their voices heard. Okay, well, now we got, you know, the Euro final, and what, what's the goal? I, I think at this point uh, it's probably just uh, alcohol and, uh, you know, 
wanting to do something they've never done before. You think before. the English fans are getting drunk before this final? Oh, no, I, I was talking about the Italians. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, uh, look, I, I don't know. If there was a goal, I'd just like to know what it was, but I, I think it was just maybe a little uh, indulgence. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Clayton, your thoughts on that. So what, is this starting a new dangerous trend? I mean, why, why, why the lack of respect for law and order, perhaps, right? So before a football match. I think they're just – they're bored. They've been coming out of <laughs> – the whole res- COVID restrictions. I think it's just the English way. They just they just get bored and they try to make something funny out of nothing. But um, I, I mean, again, we go back to that Liverpool United game, and and they got their statement across, right? So to a certain degree. So I mean, again, it could be some kind of a you know political statement or whatnot. So um, so you're saying their uh, bad actions were uh, positively <laughs> reinforced, huh? Unfortunately, I wish they would do that here for MLS games, man. Let's just break into some stadiums here. But I'm not advocating that at all. I'm not advocating that at all. That's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, no, it, alcohol had to be involved at some point. Sure I mean, was, yeah. it, What sane person wants to go break into a stadium? I mean, sane people, I mean, let's, let's be honest. There's, there's a bit of a little – a bit of sauce in, in that group that kind of broke in. But, um, yeah, it, I don't know what else to say about it as far as like don't do that. Obviously, I mean, there's other ways. That, <laughs> there's other ways to get your hey, try message not, Try across. not to break the law, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So that's all we're asking. Right? We, we we get lots of deep insight here on the yeah, interview. Exactly. Windows. Absolutely. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, well, no, other storylines, right? So leading up to the match, uh, been been a lot of talk about uh, anthems and music that's going to be played in the pregame and uh, obviously leading up to kickoff. Um, Southgate, you know, pleading with England fans to not boo the Italians during their national anthem, right? And I will say, you know, Italy has one of the better national anthems, I think, right? So there, that's, it's, there's some rousing uh, tones to that national anthem, and so obviously they sing it with a lot of passion here. But, you know, your, your thoughts on national anthem, obviously it's going to be a very pro-England crowd, right? So I think there, there was only, what, 1,000 or 1,500 Italians that were lit in from, you know, obviously COVID restrictions and whatnot uh, to be able to get into the match today. So out of the 60,000 that should be in attendance at Wembley today, the expectations, roughly 57,000 of them will probably be rooting for England. So um, your thoughts on this national anthem thing, is this, is it a big deal? Are they making too much of it, Barrett? Or is it just kind of just fodder, right? So we we think about obviously the USA-Mexico, some of the uh, uh, rivalries that we're used to here and some things much, much, much worse than booing during the national anthem for sure. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, who cares? Um, I mean, if it, if it happens prior to the, uh, you know, opening kickoff, um, you know, may, maybe the first 15 seconds of the match, somebody cares. But um, after that opening 15 seconds, no, no impact. Doesn't matter. Uh, if you want to be a dick, be a dick. Uh, you know, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, Clayton, your thoughts on Yeah, I mean, you can't get – I mean, it, it's – if you boo a national anthem, I mean, who cares? I mean, really, who, who, who gives a shit, honestly? I mean – yeah, I, I think people people are so kidding. sensitive and uh, you know so they, they get so triggered by uh, it's like it's just a football match, people. Yeah, yeah, so just, everybody, yeah. I, as we mentioned, everybody's probably lubed up a little bit pregame and getting yeah. ready for it and stuff. It's like it's not some sort of edict on how the English feel about the Italian culture, right? So it's their arrival, you're getting ready to play in a, a football final. Yeah. Uh, be no different than us booing, you know, the eyes of Texas at OU oh, Texas yeah, or God. something, right? So well, I, th- I thought exactly. everyone did, did that. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe that's, they should if they don't. So uh, now maybe perhaps the bigger story, guys, or the bigger travesty is the fact that this little ditty was not going to be allowed to be able to play before the game in Wembley, despite it being a home field advantage, if you will, for the English. 
Now you love that song, don't you, Clayton? So it's coming home, right? So the the anthem of the three lines from really from the 1996. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, looks a bit 90s. Right? So yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got the actual video brought up here on the big screen as we're we're doing it here. But uh, you know. I think they played it maybe during warm-ups, but they wouldn't let them play it during the lead-up to the match. I, I don't know. Uh, completely stupid again, right? So why, why, yeah. why are, why are we run out of stories, right, if we're arguing about what music's going to be played, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was a joke when you said that they were really trying to play that. Um, oh, no, no, it's, it's true. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's a bit ridiculous that they were trying, and that's a bit ridiculous that anybody cared enough to tell them no. Clayton? <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. I mean... Yeah, it is. It, you're buried spot on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit silly, isn't it? So I, I, I tend to agree. So, well, well, guys, you know, we threw it out earlier this morning on Twitter, uh, asking some of our listeners and some of the fans to kind of throw their questions at us uh, leading up to the final today. So we've got a couple of them out there, so I'll pick one here. So uh, who are the top players for each team? And maybe give us a little background on each, right? So, uh, Barrett, you, you want to pick Italy or England? Who you want? Oh, I'll take the easy one since we uh, follow Premier League primarily. I'll take the English. Okay. Um, you know, top players on each team, or on England, I should say. Uh, if, if we're looking at, at this tournament, uh, the two guys you need to focus on are going to be Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane. Um, they're, they're the two guys that have gotten them there from the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, England is going to play with a defensive mindset. They're going to look to counterattack. Those two guys are – they have tons of pace – um, and, and Harry Kane, in particular, uh, plays that that same style with his club team, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and his wingman there is uh, Hyungman Son, who, you know, his game is not all that different from Raheem Sterling. So they partner up well for England. Uh, they work well together going forward. Those are going to be the two guys that create the chances until Jack Grealish gets subbed on. And uh, he has been absolutely fantastic coming off the bench, kind of a, a sixth man, if you will. Yeah, super yeah, sub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, he's been incredibly influential and, and changing the last 20, 30 minutes of these matches in England's favor. So th those are the three to keep your eye on. No, that's fair. Clayton, I'll throw it to you uh, for the Italian side. Maybe maybe who's the star man or who should we be on the lookout for from the Italian side, right? So who, who's going to be the, the key man for Italy? I think Chiesa is going to be the key man for Italy. I mean, he's been he's been one of those guys that can kind of spur on that uh, counterattack. He'll be usually the first outlet. I mean, he's so fast on that right-hand side. I mean, he's he's got pace for days. Um, you know, willing, to run it, willing to run at defenders, oh, exactly, too, right? So exactly. he's definitely not a guy you want to see coming at and, you with and, the ball from the back He's been a, yeah. an absolutely clinical finisher, too. I mean, his, some of his goals have been just spot on. Um, and then kind of in the midfield, I w it's kind of a toss-up be between Jorginho, who plays for Chelsea, and Verratti, who plays for PSG. I mean, you, you can give her – I mean, Jorginho's more of your defensive guy, but he's still a star in there, and he'll, he'll be – Kind of the guy that will ugly up things if you know if England tried to get a counterattack going, he'll try to stop it. Um, and then obviously you know Chiellini in the back, um, kind of the old guard, still the old guard, but still a a big veteran um, back there. So I would say he's the star on kind of the defensive half. I mean he's he's played all over the place in Italy, and you know he's just one of those guys that's just always been rock solid. Um, just a outstanding defender throughout his entire career so yeah those are kind of my stars for Italy no nope, good stuff good stuff boys so yeah I think it's you know again looking at the lineups here again 
you know, it's really going to be interesting with England going three at the back and playing the wing backs with Shaw and Trippier. You know, I think the right side of England, but Trippier, you know, a guy that likes to get forward, right? So he's very good at set pieces as well. So obviously has a very cultured right foot, if you will. Kyle Walker kind of sliding in on the right side of that back three as well. And then you look on the Italian side, Insigne, right? So a, a guy who's been, you know, a very uh, a spark plug, if you will, for that Italian side, kind of cutting in off the left there. Uh, we saw that great goal he scored against Belgium in the quarterfinals. And then Emerson, right, a guy that's going to be in the spotlight. It was in the spotlight for the last match against Spain in the semifinals after Spinozola obviously tore his Achilles tendon. Spina, probably the best left, left back in the tournament. It was going to be you know, trending towards maybe one of the players of the tournament had he stayed healthy and obviously Italy getting to the final now. But I think that's going to be a key matchup, right? You think about the, the battle within the battle or the uh, uh, in the trenches, if you will. I think the right side of England against the left side of Italy uh, is where you're going to see uh, probably the difference in this match whenever it's all said and done. So keep an eye on that uh, for sure. So, well, guys, we're about 10 minutes from kickoff here. And so I think let's wrap it up here. And, again, let's go to picks, right? So now, Barrett, you and I kind of gave out some picks on the Thursday pot. So I'm going to start with Clayton here. Clayton, give me your picks. You know, how's thing, how are things going to shape up in the first half? Again, you alluded to it earlier. Who's going to win and why? Okay, so first half, I mean, if Italy scores, it's game on for the rest of the game in that first half. Um, and obviously continuing to the second. I think uh, we'll see our scoring in the second half. I think it'll be Italy first, and then England will come out with kind of a late one, probably in the 80th minute sometime to kind of tie it up. We go in the extra time, and I think Italy come, or not Italy, but England come out and score in the first half of extra time. We go to second half of extra time and I think Italy level it up 2-2 and then it goes to PKs after that. 2-2 to PKs. But I think England get it done and PKs. All right, so a little more fireworks than maybe what I expected there. I hope you're right, Clayton. That'll be exciting. Barrett, again, I'll I'll throw it back to you. You touched on it on Thursday afternoon. Who's going to win this thing and why, my friend? Well, I'm not changing my prediction uh, from Thursday uh, despite the change in formation from England. What I was looking for uh, you know, primarily to see if I was going to change my prediction was the Jack Grealish factor, if uh, he made it into the starting 11 or not. Uh, since he didn't, um, I'm sticking with uh, nil-nil at the half, um, Italy getting one early in the second with England answering, um, you know, much like Clayton's prediction there. Uh, and then 1-1 into extra time with England getting the winner, uh, 2-1 to the English. All right, so... Two for two for England. I, I'm going to stick with it, boys. And, again, I, I talked about it on Thursday's pod to where I think this thing's going to be very defensive, very cagey, right? You think about the squeaky bums uh, whenever you get to a final. Lots of pressure on England this year, right? So probably the, the best chance they've had in 50 years, right? So first final they've made in 50 years. It was set up for them uh, to be able to play most of the matches at Wembley. So I think they're, they're going to be a little nervy, right, to start off with. But same thing for this Italian side as well. So a lot of these guys, Sands, Collini, and Benucci, you know, haven't played in a final, right? you got a younger Italian side. It's been a minute uh, for most of these guys. And so I, I think they'll be a little nervy as well. And so I, I've got nil-nil at half as well. And I said it on Thursday, I think it'll be the difference, the quickness of the guys up front Sterling, Mount, Kane, maybe a Grealish, as you mentioned, Barrett, bringing him on, a Creators. And then you know, the guys that you have on the wings is too, with uh, Shaw and Trippier now at this three, four, or this five at the back, uh, uh, three at the back from a center half standpoint. 
I think it's going to be a penalty. Uh, I, I think the quickness, they'll make a move. They'll get Chiellini or Benucci or De Lorenzo to commit in the box. I think it's going to be a Harry Kane penalty, and it's going to end after 90 minutes. 1-0 to the English, and again, hopefully not quite as controversial as the penalty that we saw against the Danes in the semifinal on Wednesday. So uh, we've all got England winning, which is Scary, right? Yep. So probably not going to bode so, well. So, so place uh, your us. bets on Italy accordingly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. And you get a little juice on Italy as well. So uh, absolutely. So they're they're a little uh, get a little bit more money or bang for your buck, if you will, from a betting perspective on the Italians right now. Again, the English a slight favorite, but pretty close to a coin flip uh, for sure. So, all right, boys. Well, we're going to sign off here again. We're about five minutes away from kickoff here. We'll be back at halftime, obviously. Be giving away our big green egg. I've got what, eight or nine entries right here that uh, uh, patrons of Chalk and uh, listeners of the pod have shown up here ready for the final and filled out their slips and uh, getting in uh, late. Better late than never, right? And I see some more England apparel walking through the door. So this place is hopping, guys. Get out here to Chalk. A lot of of red and white. A lot of USA. Yeah, Yeah. we got a USA shirt coming in as well. So obviously USA kick it off uh, a little bit later on this evening as well. So again, we're We'll sign off here. We'll be back at halftime. We're going to give away a big green egg. We're going to break down the first half. And here at Live at Chalk, again, the Euro 2020 final at Wembley. Come out and see us, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to a big final here. And, again, we'll talk to you again in about 45, 50 minutes.